0: Get your bibles out get your notepads out i hope get your phones out whatever you brought with you i hope you've got them Uh, i hope you've got the word with you because we're a word believing church we're not just a word hearing church we're a word believing church and a word doing church the bible says you can't just be hearers of the word but you must become doers of the word and so we believe in the word so i want to get us into this word this morning because i believe i have a word just for you listen during my two weeks of quarantine hell can I say it that way? And let me tell you why it was hell. It was hell because I had to live in my baby's bedroom in a twin-size bed. Big boy like me on a twin-size bed is not comfortable by myself. It was awkward. I couldn't talk to anybody. My kids would stand at the door and go, hi, Dad. I felt like I was a man living in a bubble for a little bit. I could my, my son would be like, Daddy. And I went, no, son, I can't. I, I was It was just weird, right? Come on, it was just weird. And and it during that time, I really found myself in a place where I started asking God to speak to me on things that he wanted me to march forward in, in the midst of my struggle. How many of you know it's hard to ask God where to go when you're stuck? It's hard to say, God, where do I go from here? What do I do from here? How do I act from here? How do I, what do I say from this moment? God, you've obviously stopped me in my tracks and allowed me to walk through this moment. God, what is it you want me to do when I come out of this thing? What is it you want to declare in this moment to the church, to the people, so that we can begin to march forward? Because let me just say this to you it is not just a season of pandemic, it is a season of cultural struggle, it is a season where identities are broken. Where people don't even know who they are anymore. They are searching to find out what place or what space do they link up to in this moment. There is confusion. There is separation. There is segregation. There is hurtfulness. There are words being spewed. There are statements being made at the cost of nothing because no one holds themselves accountable any longer. We just talk. The world is erupted, and I'm going, God, instead of me sitting here in this moment of quarantine going, God, I don't know what to do, and God, just heal me. I took the opportunity to say, God, speak to me so that when I come out of this, I know where we're headed. I know what we've got to do. I know where we're going. And so this is what happened to me. Uh, Towards the end of my quarantine, I was laying in the bed, and I woke up with this word. And it was the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. But this word just dropped in my spirit. I heard this word called identity theology. And I went, that is the weirdest word ever identity theology. Well, let me, let me give you this definition real quick. The word theology is defined as this, the study of divine things or religious truth. In other words, it is for us as believers, it is a study of the word of God and understanding and knowing and living the word of God. So God says, I need you to get back to a place where everything you declare is what they define themselves as. Because in the culture that we live in right now, people are trying to define whose, whose side they're going to choose, whose position they're going to back, which political agenda are they going to walk in, which president are they going to vote for, which city council, which, which mayor, which governor, which this, which that, which job, which NFL team they're going to watch, or which one they're not going to watch. Come on, work with me for a second. We're, we're, we're stuck in this. Who are we going to line up? Can I just ask you a question? What happened to the decision to just line up with the things of God? What happened that God was, en- was enough? And that we didn't need to align ourselves with everything else; we needed to make sure that we were aligned with the things of God, not the things of this world, not the pains of this world, but the promise of eternity, the promise of the future that we have in Him, the promise that He says, "I'll I'll bring, give you breath of life," the promise that I'll never leave you nor forsake you, the promise that says that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. The promise says that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. The promise says that a thousand may fall and ten thousand at my side, but no plague, no death. Death shall come nigh my dwelling. Those kind of things that we used to identify ourselves to because we actually believed in the word and we were unwilling to waver from the things of God. But now we're living in a culture where we waver. I was starting to think about this. Why is it that the churches are not as full as they used to be? Well, there, there's two different reasons. First of all, some churches aren't full because some pastors choose not to preach the popular gospel or the convenient truth. They choose to preach the consistency of the word of God, even if it doesn't make them popular. So those churches are, because come on, you, you don't want to hear that God said no, you want to hear that God says yes. You want to hear that there's blessings, there's no curses. You want to hear that, that everything's going to work out for you, but, but if I have to be accountable and I have to live my life accordingly, I don't want to hear that part. I want to live my life as my own and then expect God to fix. I need a sugar daddy, not an Abba Father. And we've, we've walked away because we would rather, we, in the church today, we would rather a pat on the butt in a good game rather than being told you can always be better. Right. I remember when I was growing up, there was no such thing as an honorable mention. You hated honorable mention. You despised honorable mention. There was no such thing. If you had a, we, we, how many of y'all had field day when you were kids at your school? And, you know, they had the games and, and you ran and you played and you, and, you, and you played all these dumb games, dumb games, like running an egg down the road. You're like, come on, seriously. And, but, but if you got that dumb ribbon at the end of the day said honorable mention, you put that sucker in your pocket and you didn't tell anybody. Why? Because you were not proud of an honorable mention. Because what did you want? You wanted first. You could deal with second, maybe third. But doggone it, don't you give me one of those sissy ribbons. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But can I say this to you? In the church today, we've done that. We have now decided that we will live in the space of honorable mention. Rather than deciding to finish the race, to finish the course, to run the race with endurance. He said, Jesus said, the word says, to run the race with endurance. Run as if you are going to win. But today, we are wavering in our faith to appease culture because we are afraid to stand up and be counted in this hour. But here's the problem. Those who are screaming for identity outside of the four walls of the church, those who are screaming for identity in the community have, are lost in this moment. And it will take us as believers to stand and be pillars that they can anchor themselves to and stop wavering in the world of popular opinion and start finding themselves anchored to the things of God because that is where we choose to anchor ourselves. In other words, it's time for our theology, or what we've read, studied, heard, believed, and know to be the truth about God to begin to define us, to become our identity. Not the culture, not opinions, dear God. If you've got an opinion, keep it to yourself. That's why it's an opinion. Not emotion, not social media, not the media. Not our past or even our present. It is time to be defined by what God has said about us in his word and what he has done for us. How many of you in this room, God's done something for you? Does it define you? Is it the story you tell? Because here's what I'm hearing more and more out of believers today. I do not hear the stories of what God has done. I hear the stories of what God hasn't done. So we get lost in Corona, but we forget that he saved us from the car wreck. We get lost in the fact that, well, why would God allow me to get sick? Why don't you say this? Praise God, I didn't die. See, we we have cultured and conditioned ourselves to walk away from the things of God and walk into the struggle and dwell in there until we complain loud enough that we think God's finally moving. Truth be told is that we've complained so much that we've started moving ourselves. It is time to be defined by what God has said about us. Not moved by the culture, but bound to the kingdom of God. Unwilling to waver in our faith and what we know to be the truth. To become rooted in the convictions of his word and stand not for what the culture screams, but for what God has declared. Listen to me. I don't care. I'm going to say this to you. Somebody asked me this the other day. Pastor, what political affiliation are you? First of all, that's a stupid question. Second of all, everything I vote for is kingdom. 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 I don't vote anything else. Well, but, 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 but pastor, but what about this? Or, but what about this? Does it line up with my word? Because I, the old Brian is dead. I am alive in Christ. I was bound to sin. Now I'm bound to the savior. And I'm going to vote according to the word of God, not according to what people say on one day and then don't do the next week. Right, come on. Or I'm not going to be bound to a, I'm going to say this. I'm not going to be bound to a Republican affiliation because, well, that's where Christians always have been. Stop it. Stop it. If somebody in another party walks in the door and says, I'm going to do everything according to the word of God, you know who's going to get my vote real fast? I don't care what everybody thinks. Well, Pastor, how could you do that? Because I live according to the word. I will not waver from the word of God. Why? Because if I'm going to come here and lift up my hands and ask God to speak to my heart and receive from the Holy Spirit, then baby, I better back it up when I walk outside the four walls of this church. I better, be able to be, I better be able to be counted outside of the building, not just when I'm in the building. And so many times today, come on, work with me for a second, the people you see on Sunday are not the people you see on Monday. That's right. They're sitting here waving and worshiping God on a Sunday, and they're walking up dropping F-bombs on a Monday. And then you go, wait a minute, how can the same mouth that once declared the things of God now declare the things of the world? That person is double-minded, unwa- wavering, and unstable in all of their ways. Is that somebody you're going to hit yourself up to? Because the more and more I look at this, and the more and more I keep watching, and the more and more I keep praying, I am noticing that now in this hour, the church has gone dormant. Yep. Believers have gone silent. No one is declaring the things of God. Come on, walk with me for a second. Remember when you got saved? Yeah. Well, you wanted to lead everybody to Christ. Like, man, I'm going to call my friends. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go here. I'm gonna, man, I'm going to be a part of everything. Now, it's like, eh, well, you know, I hope they don't go to hell. It's not my place to tell them. Can I say this to you with love? If you think I'm going to hell, please come tell me. Because I don't want to go. I don't want to die. I don't want to fail this. I, I don't want to go to hell. Please, somebody somebody tell me. Somebody told you. Now is the time that we must walk in our identity in him and not our relational visitation of feel goods on a Sunday morning. It's time for us to not be believers by title, but because it's what defines us. It is our identity. No more excuses, no more running away, no more cultural relevance while abandoning kingdom principles. It's okay for the world to know who you are, but they must begin to know whose you are. Yeah, exactly. Whose you are. You can have a name. You can have an opinion. truck um, stop over there. They like to play with us on Sundays. That was just the Holy Ghost. Amen. and Amen we can't have any more excuses we can't run away anymore we can't have cultural relevance while abandoning the kingdom principles it's okay for the world to know who you are but and, and, and what you believe and what you think and and whatever like but make sure that whose you are outweighs what you think because here's the thing if you finally define yourself in the identity of whose you are what you think will line up with the word and not up with your opinions you'll think before you speak won't just speak out of hastiness You won't just respond at the first moment, but we might just go back and pray before we open our mouths and say anything. We might consult God before we consult our feelings. Are we fickle or firm in our faith? Are we lost or found? There are a lot of titles out there that try to define us today. There are a lot of words that either hauntingly draw us back to our past, Keep us stuck in our present or launch us into our future. But the word of God over and over defines where we once were and declares where we are going. Watch this. Second Corinthians chapter five and verse 17 says this: "Therefore, if anyone, what does it say, If who? Anyone, anyone is in what? Christ. He is what? So he is no longer old, broken, busted, and disgusted, bound to their past, bound to their color, bound to their creed, bound to their culture, bound to their struggles, bound to their mistakes. They are bound now to Christ, and they have become a new creation. Could you imagine if we as believers finally started acting like a new creation rather than keep dabbling in the old stuff? He says, we are a new creation. Old things have passed away. My God. Somebody said, he says, if we don't get through something, history is always destined to repeat itself. History only depe- defeat de- repeats itself because we never divorced the old things. We kept it in the back pocket and pulled it back out when it was convenient and we needed something to complain about. He said, you're a new creation. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation. Therefore, you're not bound to anything else but him. Right. But yet today, we want to be bound to everything else because if we don't, hook ourselves up to who's screaming the loudest, we won't be relevant. Let me help you with something. Relevancy will kill you. Relevancy will dry you out. Relevancy will destroy you from the inside out. Why? Because what you're trying to do is appease your ego. If I have to appease my ego, then I'm not appeasing the heart of God. He says, old things have passed away. Behold, what does it say? Come on, that's that's one of my favorite words. Behold, what? What, what, what things? Come on, I got three. Y'all talking to me this morning. I know the mass messed you up, but let's try that again. Well, how much? All things. All things. Behold, all things. All things. How many of y'all have ever had a new car? Remember when you got that new car? What would you like about that new car? Everybody always says, I like that smell. You can go buy that smell today, amen. It's still not the same, though. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Can you go to the car wash and they go, what smell you want? You're like, new car. They spray and you're like, uh-uh, it's still old car. No, that's gross. No, I don't want that. But, but y'all know it. I, I mean, we also buy cars for features. We buy, but when you got that new car, did you tell somebody? Yeah. Did, did you show it off? Did you take it somewhere and say, look, look, look at my blessing. Look at my new car. Who look, look. The old car was left at the dealership. Right. This, this is the new car. This is the one I've been waiting for. I've been praying this one in. Look look how good God is. Oh, behold, old things are passed away. Thank God that clunker went away. And behold, all things are, are new. It's amazing that we'll identify ourselves to a new car, but we won't identify ourselves to the newness in Christ. But we'll identify ourselves to a new house. We'll identify ourselves to new clothes. We'll identify ourselves to everything new that's materialistic. But the thing that we have our eternity in, we will not define our identity to, we will not hook ourselves up to, because truth be told, the culture has declared for us to appease our flesh more than we appease the kingdom of God. Because we're constantly trying to fill voids that we've allowed to be created on the inside of us and we fill them with material things. It goes on to Romans 8, chapter, uh, chapter 8, verse 14 and 15. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Watch this. Here it comes. Ready? I like this part. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Have you ever read that before? Let me, let me go back for a second. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, Believers, these are sons, and I'm going to add a word, and daughters of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. In other words, even if your father and mother have forsaken you, even if everyone has abandoned you, you can still stand up in this moment and say, I am a son or a daughter of the Most High God. I am not an orphan. I am not bound to an orphan spirit. I am free from my past, and I am found in him. Let me give you just one more as we continue on so I can drive this point home just a little bit further. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 5, it says this. And you, somebody say me. God made alive, he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Anybody ever been in sin? Now, now this is interactive sermon. I know there's not a ton of you in this room, but we can do it together. Any of you ever been in sin? I'm going to do it like this because I messed up a whole bunch. Okay? Uh, He says, and you, he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of what? Help us. Because you once walked in the course of what? This world. In other words, you were bound to the culture, not bound to the kingdom. He said you were operating according to this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. And among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh. Can I get an amen from somebody? Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. In other words, all of us were once sinners. Not one of us in this room didn't come out of the room holy. You did not come out of the womb and angels popped out with you. The Spirit of God did not descend from heaven when you came out of the womb. Yes, God was pleased at what he produced, but it took you to come to a moment where you said, I am a sinner who needs a Savior. The Bible declares that we were all born into this world in sin but 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 god how pastor how 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 are we born in this world in sin because you had no recollection or understanding of the power and the presence of god that could manifest on the inside of you but once you received it it became the lifestyle that you live the old would pass away and the new would begin to live but it goes on in verse four it says but god who is rich in mercy aren't you grateful for his mercy Woo, because if I didn't have his mercy, I wouldn't be standing here right now. Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive what? Wait, 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 stop. Made us alive what? Stop right there. Together. Together, One. You, me, one. Us, one. Not separated, not segregated. Not broken, not hurtful to one another, another, but loving because Christ loved us. We were raised together in Christ. It's time for us to get to a place where the word of God becomes everything that we live. That when people say, who are you? We don't want to tell them our accolades. We want to tell them about the God that saved us. When who are you? Hey, I'm a broken dude who was found by God. Who are you? I'm a four-time jailbird who screwed up more than he cares to admit to. But yet God found me in the middle of a jail cell and woke my dumb behind up. And I finally got my life right. And I finally stopped running. Although I grew up in the church, I finally stopped running from God. I gave my whole heart, not a piece of my heart, just to appease him. I gave him the full thing. And because of that, I'm no longer bound to the pain of my past. I am bound to the future and the promises. Look at my family. Look at my children. Look at this church. Look at the goodness of God. Rather than, well, my dad abused me. My real dad left me before I was born. My mom struggled my entire life with finances because she was a single mom trying to raise two boys on her own. Things weren't easy, but I'm still here. See, come on, do you see the difference in the conversation? The first one, you were like, yes, yes, and the second one, you were like, oh, that sucks. I'm sorry to hear that. I don't really identify, but, I, but, but, but see, when I start declaring the goodness of God, what's amazing is people start amening and people start getting to the edge of their seat and people start clapping. Why? Because I identify with that. I, I, I know what it is to be broken, but I know what I found in God, and that's what binds us together. Not your color, not your creed, not your culture, not your opinions, not your denominations, not your political affiliations, but Christ, it's the one that brought us together. The word of God is full of scripture after scripture that speaks to our lost and declares us to be found. When I was reading this, when I was pulling up scriptures, I pulled a list. I could not print them all. I couldn't put them. We would not never get done. You would uh, completely miss lunch. Because it's a list of scriptures that declare who we once were and who we now are in Christ. But the problem is in the church today, we are still bound to our lost. You don't believe it? Why is it that believers come in more Sundays broken than they do whole? Because somewhere along the line, we believed the lie of the enemy that said we weren't who God said we were. We started listening to what others said about us, and we started taking them to heart. We started allowing words of people to become stronger than the word of God in us. Because truth be told, we don't really dig the word of God in our private time. We wait to get it on Sunday, hoping that it will carry us until next Sunday. Rather than going home, grabbing the word and saying, hey God, will you show me what you say about me? God, I need to change my position. I need to change my direction. God, what does your word say about Brian? He says that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Some people might think I'm a little bit fat. Some people might think I'm a little loud and obnoxious. Some people might say I don't pastor good enough. Some people might say that I shouldn't be a pastor. Because of my past, trust me, I've met them too. Some people might say, well, I don't like that church because I don't agree with what he says. And, and I, I could listen to all the noise of people, or I could understand that God called me out of a wilderness, called me out of the depths of jail cells, and said, Brian, I've called you to do my will. Be Walk, walk according to my purpose. Be identified by me, not to anything else. You can tell your story about jail, but don't you, stare, don't you dare act like you're still in it. You can tell your stories of your pain. You can tell your stories of your struggle. You can tell them that your daddy beat you and your real daddy left you. But you better not ever act like you're an orphan. You better not walk around here with your head held down acting like I haven't done anything for you. You better lift up your head, O ye gates, and see who this king of glory is, the Lord God strong and mighty. You better square your shoulders back because the moment you droop your head and drop your shoulders, the enemy goes, I'm coming but if I can just wake up with a little bit of a growl on the inside of me, the devil goes, dang, it! he got up again. Dang it, I got to run away because I can't beat him. I can't destroy him because he's found out who he is in Christ. Can I just say this to you the sidebar? The enemy would leave you alone if you started acting like you knew who you were in Christ. Because your identity will tell the enemy, ah, I can't touch him. Ah, I would love to take him out, but I can't because he knows who he is. And the moment I bring in a flood of struggle, he understands that the that I can bring in a flood, but God will raise up a standard. He'll brace him and hold him up in that moment and cause him to overcome. I'm not going to fight somebody I know I'm going to lose to. The Word of God is full of scriptures. It speaks to our loss and declares us to be found. It lays us into two categories of identity. Two. To, whether you whatever you want to call it, there's multiple lists of how he lays it out. But when you get down to the bottom end of it, what he's really saying, are you lost or are you found? Are you lost is where we were before Christ. Found is who we are in Christ. You you notice I didn't say found is what we became in Christ. No, it's who we are currently in Christ. I am found. I once was broken, lost. I once was a sinner, lost. I once was a Gentile, lost. But now I am saved by God, and I am now walking in his marvelous life. Therefore, I have been found. I am no longer trapped in the pains of my past or even the struggles of my present. I am now following the promises of God. There's a difference between being lost. And being found, you ever lost something? You ever wish you could have found it? Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about? You're like, where did it go? Oh, God, what are we going to do? i never forget when, when, we, when my wife and I first got married. Uh, <laughs> I'll be careful. i have to tell, how I tell the story. But she was working for a hair salon, and she took her wedding ring off to wash hair. And she had it in a little dish. Well, she had gone to cut the person's hair. And when she went back to the dish to get a ring, her ring was gone. The ring I bought her, on her we- for our wedding day was gone. She really didn't want to tell me that it was gone, but she came reluctantly a few days later and was like, she just got to tell you something, my wedding ring disappeared. And I remember watching how distraught she was over the fact that her wedding ring was gone. What I don't understand is, is that even in the church today, we are distraught over being lost, but yet we entertain it consistently. Because when she said her ring was lost, I'm going to tell you what I did as her husband. I immediately started trying to figure out how I'm going to get her a new one, right? But then we sought God and said, God, wherever it is, God, I need you to turn it up. If they stole it, make them bring it back. Whatever it is, God, we need it, that lost thing to become found. About three weeks later, all of a sudden, I think two or three weeks later, a lady that was working at the salon magically found my wife's wedding ring. Oh, I found it, somehow got in my stuff. Okay, it was lost. Then it, when she found her ring, right, the first thing she did was call me. How do you think she sounded when she found it? Yeah. Hey, babe, I just, just want to let you know. I um, you know we've been praying. Um, I found my ring. No, that was not the conversation at all. It was like, baby. babe. Hey! Little higher tone, not that deep because that'd have been weird. But, but, but baby, I found my ring. Where was it? Well, who cares? You found your ring. You, who cares? You found it. You found it, right? You found it. What I'm noticing over and over is that we live our lives lost, hoping for found moments rather than living found knowing that as long as we're found, we cannot be lost. Watch what I'm saying. We spend our existence lost. We talk like we're lost. We worship like we are lost. Can I get amen from Pastor Ben and Pastor Katie? Uh, uh, We worship. Like, come on, and this is what I mean. It's because we come into church, and we're broken, and we're going through a moment, and we go, God, I just need worship, so I'm just going to lift my hands, and, oh, God, I'm so lost. I'm so lost. Rather than saying, God, you said if I would come to you boldly, you would meet me there. So, therefore, if God will meet you when you come to him, how can you be lost? So we spend more time in the church trying to help the believer to come out of their lost spirit and then act like they're found rather than live like they're found and know that the reason they're found is so that they can lead others out of being lost. you want to know why salvations and altars aren't filled in churches anymore? Because we've stopped saving people. We're trying to save ourselves. Come on, we, we, we come to church, we worship. Have you ever thought about what you sing? Think about it. Uh, 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 isn't the name of Jesus wonderful? There is healing in the name. There's power in the name. And yet when we get sick, mama, I'm sick. When our heart's broken, ah, they hurt me. Let me post it on Facebook. But we're not calling on Jesus because we want everybody to fix us. We won't let the one who put us on the potter's wheel, informed us in His image, to take His great hands of mastery and put it to our situation and begin to fix what's been broken, so that we can still stay in the space of being found and not fall into the place of being lost. Today, many have walked away from the identity of lost. I'm sorry, of found. And claim everything else. We claim color, creed, past, political affiliation, church denomination. But the scripture says in Luke chapter 19 verse 10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was. Come on. Come on. And Just for another sidebar, just in case it wasn't enough for that one scripture, let me give you one more. This is something that most people don't even realize. We all know John three sixteen: For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have what? Yeah. Everlasting life. But have you ever skipped over to verse 17? Because this is the part that throws people off. We don't even quit. We should start quoting 17 with 16 when we say it. We should stop skipping 17. Because here's what we do. Leave 16 over there for a second. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Can I tell you how the church rewrites that scripture today? God so loved the world and that he gave his only... Go back to verse 16 for a second. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever goes to church on Sunday and acts like a believer. That whosoever only calls on God when all hell breaks loose. That whosoever does good deeds in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's how it says. It says believes. Do you understand that when you become a believer, you cannot be lost at the same time? Do you understand that? You cannot be lost and be a believer. You cannot because what you believe in is what you go towards. It's what you declare. It's what you decree. It's what you talk about. If I believe in something, I'm going to talk about it. If I don't believe it, I'm not going to talk about it. But yet we, we're not even, it goes on in verse 17. It says, so he does all this for those who believe. And it says in 17, it says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, yet the world believes that Jesus is a condemner now. Well, that's not love, that's, that's mean. No, I'm trying to save you from going to hell. I know it's not a popular word in the church. I know it's not a popular word in the church. Don't say Satan, don't say hell. Don't say Satan, don't say hell. Don't say Satan, don't say hell. But it's a real place. You wouldn't go to church, you wouldn't serve God if you didn't believe there was a hell. Come on, think about this for a second. You wouldn't have asked God to move in if you didn't have the opportunity of dying and going to hell. But yet we act like it's not a big deal anymore. He says he didn't come to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be what? Saved. So in other words, we were once lost, and he came to save us. He came to pick us up out of our junk. Therefore, leave the past and step into the new. But saved from what? Being lost. Ushers, I gave you all some stickers before service. I want you to give one to everybody. This is how we'll kind of drive the point home this morning. And those of you that are watching online, I'm sorry you don't have stickers but walk with us through this the team is handing you right now a a set of stickers to each one of you one sticker says lost one sticker says found don't do anything with them just yet until we've got everybody's gotten one but but these these stickers define the two identities that we have to choose to live by on a daily basis The two statements that we understandingly wake up and decide, listen, if I wake up in pain and I declare my pain and I declare my problems, I am choosing to be lost in that rather than be found in the fact that Jesus God is my healer, my deliverer, my strong tower, my fortress in whom I will trust, the one I place my hope in. Yeah, my body might be lining up, but my faith will not waver in this moment, right? So, so we have two decisions. So here's what I need you to do. I need you to take the sticker that is lost and just stick it to your shirt real quick. Stick it to your shirt. Everybody take the sticker that says lost. Pastor, I don't want to put lost on me. Just trust me for a second. You'll understand where I'm going in a minute. But I'm not lost. Pastor, listen, can you just work with me for a minute? Put the lost sticker on for just a second. How many of y'all wanted to put that sticker on? I'm, I don't want to say I'm lost. I don't want to say it. You might not want to say it, but if you don't want to say it, then stop acting like it. Because truth be told is that we might not say it, but we'll act like it. We might not tell the world that we're lost to struggle, but we will act like we're lost in struggles. We will, we will waver in what our declaration is. We will waver in how we walk. We will waver in what we believe. We will waver in how we pray. We will waver in how we are a part of the local body of believers. We will waver in all these things. I, I, I know you don't want to wear it, but, but in this moment, now that you're all wearing the lost sticker, you're all defined as the same person. You are one. One in this house. No, pastor, I'm not lost, I'm not lost, it's just a sticker, it's just a sticker. I get it, but right now you've put on a sticker that says, hello, my name is lost. Let me give you the definition of the word lost real fast. The word lost is defined as this, no longer possessed or retained. That right there shut me off. No longer possessed or retained. No longer to be found. Having gone astray or missed the way, bewildered as to place, direction, etc., Not used, oh, I'm sorry, I took that one out, but mine says, not used to good purpose as opportunities, time, labor, wasted. Being something that someone has failed to win. When I read that definition right there, I went, my God. So in other words, if I choose to live lost, then I have chosen to tell God that he can never win me. And I went, hold on. I don't want to live in that category. I don't ever want to have that word attached to Brian's name or the Dean household. I do not want that word to creep into this house and to take root into the lives of you as my family. I don't want that around. I don't even want it breathed. So I understand that my responsibility as a preacher and declarer of the word is to help you go from lost to found. But hold on. In this moment, we're all the same. We're all lost. You've been identified as lost. But then Christ comes in. A lot Comes into your situations. Into your lost situations. And desires for you no longer to be lost. But you have the option to stay lost or become found. You have the option to change your identity. But the only one that can change your identity is God. Nothing else in this world can change your identity. Let me prove it to you. Watch this. You can be broke today and have money tomorrow, right? But does it change your identity? It just changes your stuff. It doesn't change your character. In fact, most people, it corrupts it. For the Bible declares that the love of money is the root of all evil. You could be healthy, sick one day, and be healthy the next. Does it change your identity? No, it just changes where you're at in this life but your character is what defines your identity. Okay, so we, 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 we are caught up in, well, I was once, red, once poor, now I'm rich. I was once sick, now I'm healthy. I was once this, now I'm this. No, God says you're either Jew or Gentile, sinner or saved, lost or found. In other words, you're either going to hell, here it comes, or you're going to heaven. These are the two only identification markers that we as believers get to live by. Not anything else. How can we be found if we still identify with being lost? How many of you have ever said things that were contrary to the word of God? How many of you have ever complained about where you were? Hey, this is hard to swallow. People go, oh, pastor, why are you calling me? I'm not trying to call you out. I'm trying to show you that we have a tendency to revert back to an old nature. Yeah. Yeah. We all have the same tendency to dabble, to put one foot in and one foot out. Yeah. To put one foot in heaven but keep one foot in hell. Because the Bible says sin is fun. <laughs> the Bible says, Let's come on, work with me for a second. Because I've heard people go, pastor, I don't, I don't want to be saved. Why, 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 don't, why don't you want to follow Christ? Because there's too many rules and regulations. I don't like rules and regulations. Okay, watch this. If I told you, if you go outside and stand in the downpouring rain right now, right now, if all you to do is go stand outside in the rain, get wet, you might get your clothes wet, but if you go stand out in the rain right now, whatever you ask for in God, he'll give it to you. Y'all would all walk out that door right now and leave me up on this pulpit and go stand in that rain. Why? Because you're going to go get what's yours, right? But if I told you that if you decide to be found, you'll find eternity. But if you choose to be lost, you'll be bound to sin and slavery. Because let me tell you something. When you're lost, you're not bound to the promises of God. You are bound to the pain of death. Come on. If I go, man, who are you? Man, I'm lost. Tell me you're going to tell me you're lost with a smile on your face. That's like a dude sitting in a car with his wife driving on a trip and he knows he's lost and she knows he's lost, but he's never going to say he's lost because he's not going to admit that he's lost because for the next 25 minutes, he don't want to hear from the side of his car how he should have turned back 32 miles ago and made a left and I knew you should have turned there and I, why didn't you turn there? And you now we're lost. You, you got us lost. No. Babe, I know where I'm going. We just take a sense of direction like I hope it's the right way and then we'll play it off like, oh, my bad. I missed that turn right there. No one desires to run around and say, I'm lost, but everybody wants to be found. Nobody wants to lose something, but everybody wants to find something. Nobody wants to give up anything, but everybody wants to get everything. But you have to know the moment you live in. So now you need to make a decision. Do you desire to be found? Or do you desire to be lost? If you desire to be found, take the found sticker and stick it over the lost sticker. Notice I didn't tell you to take off the lost sticker, I told you to put it over the lost sticker. Watch this. Just because God finds you doesn't mean you don't have a story to be told. I once was lost. But now I'm found. I'm, I, I know I got some stuff. But let me show you what Christ did in me and what he covered me with. He covered me by his blood. He washed me white as snow. Yeah, I know you. if you look real good, you can see that word lost behind the word found. But the word found is what sticks out louder than the word lost. And you might want to identify me by who I once was, but I know who I'm identified by now, and I am found in him. Yes, I've got some lost moments, but this moment, baby, I'm found in him. The truth is, is that we have an option daily whether we live a life of being lost or found by what we do, by what we say, by how we love, by how we treat people. Do you understand that you are, you are sometimes for some people the closest that they've ever been to God because you are not just a person who carries a sticker that says, I am found. You are the hands and feet and mouthpiece of God. And what you do and what you speak and what you move in the moments is what shows people the heart of God. Do not make, make sure you do not treat people out of your lost, treat them out of your being found. There is nothing else that we're defined by. There's nothing else that we can be identified by. We cannot afford to continue to separate or to try to separate the sticker in order to appease the masses or seem relevant in this hour. No, 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 no. There, there are people that are rioting and looting and losing their minds because they are lost. Yeah. Yep. I don't care if you don't like what I'm telling you. Oh, pastor, it's peaceful protest. No, Come on. it's not. You know what touched me? When I saw a protest situation happening and somebody wheeled out a big old barrel and started baptizing people in the middle of a protest. Yeah. Now that was some cool stuff. You want to know why? Because it said in the midst of all this, we're going to bring God and our identity in the middle of it. There is nothing wrong. Peaceful protests have been a part of the world since its inception. I'm not against a peaceful protest, but don't tell me that God and these people who are rioting and looting and hurting and cursing and screaming and yelling and separating and defriending and cutting off and removing, don't tell me that's God. That is a lost culture, and I'm going to say this to you, it exists even in the church. Lost keeps us separated. Lost says we can't go to a certain colored church. Law says I can't, I can't be me. Law says I can't, you're right, you can't be you. You have to be his. You've got to step into that place and choose to live that way. Choose to walk that way. If I went to your friends right now and I asked them, hey, give me three words that define that person, what would they tell me about you? And would any three of those words be found in this Bible? Have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not declared the kingdom in your name? Have we not laid hands on the sick and seen them recover in your name? You have, but depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I don't know you. I don't know who you are. I know you've done things in my name, and my word doesn't ever return void. But just because you did it in my name doesn't mean I know you because you didn't identify yourself in me. You identified yourself by your past but wanted to use me as your spotlight. You wanted to use me and claim that you're holy, but yet if I walked into your household, your family is falling apart. You don't even pray when you're at home. You don't even worship when you're at home. You wait till Sunday to show up and play the game, do the rituals, but yet you'll go live like hell Monday through Saturday, but try to act like heaven on Sunday. No, that is like going from lost and running into found. The Bible says that a dog returns to its vomit. See, people don't want to hear me preach like this because everybody wants to hear, oh, talk about the blessings. God about. There are blessings. There are blessings. When you choose to identify by the one who blesses. <laughs> Whatever thing you think you can make for yourself is nothing compared to what God can place on you, in you, and around you. Everything I have today is because of the goodness of God, not because of Brian's ability to work hard. I am standing here by the grace of God. I stand here whole, delivered, set free, even from coronavirus, because God is a faithful God. Not because it wore out after 14 days. No, I'm here because God deemed me worthy to walk through a struggle and come out on top. God loves me enough to walk with me, but I have to act like he's still in the midst of the circumstance. How many people you know walk through circumstances and basically borderline curse God? I don't know where God is. I don't even know why he's, if God loved us, it's like, it's, it's, it blows my mind how people, this last, this last year, I have watched believers, even pastors, say that they're walking away from God because they don't understand how a God that loves that much could allow so much hell in the earth. Let me ask you a question. Hell exists for those who choose to live lost. Eternity exists for those who choose to live found. Lost people don't go to heaven. I hate to break that one too, y'all. Lost, the Bible says that sin separates us from God. I know that's unpopular preaching these days because everybody says, Well, we should all be able to go. It's it's like a big party for everybody. No, that's not what it says. This book wouldn't be so thick if that's all it was. These are the instruction, this is the instruction manuals before leaving this earth. This is how we should live our lives. Not according to the preaching of the pastor, but according to the word of God that was written before the foundation of the earth, because the word is God and God is the word. So if this is God, then this was actually written before it was penned. Therefore, it is the life that we choose to live by. But, Pastor, there's some weird stuff in there. I get it. But going to hell is not worth me not being a little weird. We can't afford to be lost anymore doesn't matter what you've been through or where you are today. doesn't matter what you think. We can't afford to be lost anymore. We can't afford to keep walking around and trying to separate and appease the masses. Well, you know, they're screaming in the streets, so let me be lost. Let me join their plight. No, you're supposed to be light in their darkness. You're supposed to save that which is lost. Stop applauding people being lost and stand up. And say, no, this isn't okay. It's not okay for the pain and the struggles that we're going through. I'm going to stand up for injustice. But I am not going to applaud those who are rioting and pillaging and destroying. I'm not go- I'm going to say this. I am not going to applaud those who want to hurt police officers. I don't care what you think. Those are people. Take the badge off. They have families. They go to home to their kids, and they've got people out in the streets wanting them to die, wanting to shoot them, wanting to kill them. And we're going, yeah, defund the police. Stop it. If we lose the heart for people, then we've lost the heart for God. Then we are lost because it is the love of God that causes us to love people. If we cannot love our brothers and our neighbors as ourselves, then we cannot love God because it is a byproduct of loving him. cannot afford to continue to separate. Christ saved you from your pain. Why revisit it? It's time for you and I to live found and declare the freedom that we have. As we close this morning, I just want to give you three quick scriptures. Not going to dig into them. I just want to give them to you. I want to hand them as a freebie at the end of this thing. Because I believe that God is saying in this hour, I need the church to be counted. Enough of your wavering. Enough of your complacency. Enough of your willing to go willingness to go backwards and then go forwards. And then you ever said, man, I feel like I take two steps forward and then I get knocked four steps back? Can I say this to you? You're not knocked four steps back. You're strengthened to take two steps forward. I'm going to say that one more time. God doesn't ever take you There are situations and circumstances that hit us, and God says, I'm in every one of them. So you might have taken two steps forward, and you might feel what seems like four steps back. And instead of complaining about the four steps back, say, time out, hey God, I feel like I'm moving backwards a little bit. What are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to speak to me right now? Because I want to continue to move forward, but I don't want to live going back. I know what I was back there. But I don't want to go back. So God, hey, I feel like I'm going backwards, but I know you're in the midst of all of this. So what do you want to speak to me? What do you want to do? Brian, I need you to do this, this, and this. Okay, God, that's a big, big request, but I'm going to do it because you said it. Then God gives you the strength to take two steps forward again. But here's the crazy part about how God operates. The strength that he gives you to take the two steps forward are bigger steps than you took the first time. You might have taken this step and this step. But the next time you take it, it's this step and this step. Until the point where he gets you so strong that you're no longer walking, you're now running the race with endurance to finish it. You are now running and nothing can stop you. Not hell itself can't come against you because you understand that the enemy comes in like a flood, but God raises up a standard. He braces me to conquer what's in front of me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am more than a conqueror. I am more than an overcomer. I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. Thank God for that. But I'm an overcomer by the words of my testimony. Yes, I was lost. But baby, today I am found. Colossians 3 verse 1 through 3 says it this way. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is. Sitting at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above. Not on things of the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Can I just say this to you? Place your thoughts in Him. God just, okay, it was yesterday. I'll use, I'm gonna tattle on myself real fast. Y'all ever say anything to your kids? You're kind of like, probably shouldn't have said that. Can I get an amen for somebody? Come on, work with me. Don't make me the bad guy in the room. So I was, I was looking up for a screen yesterday for the church, and I was trying to find this image, and, and I kept looking, at and my son was like, Dad, Dad, look, Dad, look, Dad, look, Dad, look, Dad, look. Dad, look, Dad, And I'm like, son, give me a second. I'm trying to scroll through this. And look at this. And Dad, Dad, what about this? And he, he touched the computer. And I, 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 can I just tattle? Can I tattle do me? Don't, don't judge me. I said, son, shut up for a second. Just leave me alone. I'm trying to figure this out. He walked out of the office and I said, son, come back here. And he was crying. I said, son, come back. I said, dad, I don't want to right now. And you could hear him. And I, I said, dad, I said, son, come back. I, I, can I make it right? He said, I, I just need a minute to sit here. I could have left him lost because I was right. But a few minutes later I said, Hey, come here, can I talk to you? And he finally came to the hall and I just wrapped my arms around him. And I said, I'm sorry. You're worth more to me than you walking in pain. And I love you too much to live that. I get that pain. I've lived it. I'm sorry. I didn't ask him to justify or I didn't try to justify my actions. My actions weren't justified. No pain is justified. No hurting others is justified. No disregarding others is ever justified. I don't care if you think you're right or think you have the right to say whatever you say. You do not have the right to hurt other people. So I wrapped my arms around, I said, Bubba, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I wasn't trying to be mean, but I said I, should, I shouldn't have said, it. and I need you to forgive me. And we have this rule in my house that we don't say I'm sorry. We ask for forgiveness. Because the typical culture says, when you say I'm sorry, everybody goes, okay. We just sweep it. So the rule is in my house, when you go to ask for forgiveness, the other one has to say I forgive you. And if they cannot, they need to say I need some time. And you're allowed to take some time. Because sometimes pain has to be overcome. But I asked for forgiveness, and I said, will you forgive me? Understanding that when you forgive me, we bury it. We don't live it later. We don't carry it home. We don't put it in the car. We don't dig it up and eat it for breakfast. We leave it here, and we bury the thing, and we call it dead. Will you forgive me? He said, yeah, Dad, I I forgive you. And we held each other, and we teared up a little bit together. We went home, and then, hung out and stayed up late which i probably shouldn't have and all that great stuff i could have been so justified in my moment so righteous in my moments that i'd be willing to watch him die being lost romans 12 2 says and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do not be conformed to this world. Do not get trapped in the noise of this earth. Get trapped in the noise of heaven. In the sound of heaven. And the last one. Which I think sums up everything. It's Galatians chapter 3 verse 26 through 29. For you, somebody say me are all sons and daughters of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all in Christ. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to that promise. Have you ever thought about that? you ever thought about the blessings that were placed on Abraham? As far as you can see, it's yours. Every star in the sky, every grain of sand, everything, the blessings of God. But what did Abraham have to do? Had to walk accordingly to what God was telling him to do. We have to get to the place now that we become the vocal majority, not the vocal minority. But we have to do that because we all declare with one voice, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Let me show you what that life looks like. Am I perfect? No. Do I have lost past? Yes. Do I have lost tendencies? Yes. But every day I make sure that the found sticker is resting over my lost so that I walk in the fullness of what God has for me and my house. For as me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Everybody stand to your feet. ask you that you don't just hear this word. Pastor, that's a great word. That's a a good word. Just not sure I'm ready to do it yet. I'm going to ask that you take this word into the depths of your soul, into the depths of your heart, and you weigh it out, and you ask yourself, how do I live? Do I live my life lost, or do I live my life found? Because if I'm not living found, then I'm living lost, and the dangers of living lost is eternity in hell. And I'm not willing to be that. Here's the great part. When we decide to live found, we become saving people. What do you mean by that, Pastor? You get the authorization to go reach those who are lost. The Bible declares that the blind cannot lead the blind. Unfortunately, in the church today, there's a lot of blind folk leading people who are blind. A lot of blind folk claiming they can see, but they have really bad eyesight. And they're saying, hey, follow me as I follow Christ. Baby, you ain't even following Christ. Hold up. that now when we decide to say, hey, tomorrow morning when I get up, I might go to bed with some struggles tonight. I might go to bed with some fear tonight. I might go to bed with some doubt and worry tonight. But I know this, that when I lay my head on my pillow and close my eyes, my God is bigger than all of those things. And when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to put on the full armor of God. And I'm going to slap that found sticker back on my chest. And I'm going to conquer the day ahead of me. And I'm going to beat this thing called lost. And I'm going to live this thing called found. I will no longer live lost. This is not a sinner-saving thing. This is a choice to live according to God's plans. We can no longer waver with the culture. But pastor, no, stop. I don't mean that we don't support, that we don't love. That we don't stand for injustice i don't mean that we don't pray for one another but let me help you with something if any of your thought process decisions or actions are contrary to this word that means you are now operating lost and i'm going to say this to you with love color creed and culture are not a prerequisite for any of this a willing heart And a desire to believe in the things of God brings you every promise that lies between these two covers. I am not bound to who I once was. I am bound to the promises of my Savior. And if I drop dead today and breathe my last breath, I will step into heaven and see my God face to face. Because I choose to live my life found. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, for everyone watching, everyone standing in this place. My prayer is that the church, believers, would not just walk in their identity on a Sunday morning, but walk in their identity on a Monday morning. Father, my heart, my prayer for this house and for churches all over this country and this world That we would stop playing in and out, in and out, in and out, and we would finally go in and stay and call it home. That we would live according to your word, not according to what we want to manipulate or we want to make easy so that we can enjoy our old sinful ways, thinking that we somehow are strong enough now to be able to overtake them. But Father, understand that the wages of sin is death. That if there's anything in us that's contrary to the word of God, if there's anything in us that's causing us to not identify as found, then we are lost. And I refuse to be lost. So God, I will do whatever is required of me to live a life that is found. I will function, I will operate, I will speak, I will do, I will everything according to your word. Because God, I want to live found. I want the promises that come with being found. I want the blessings that come with being found. I want the strength that comes with being found i want the peace that comes with being found i want the joy that comes with being found i want the rest that comes with being found i want the amazing family that comes when i decide to lead my family like i'm found not like i'm lost i desire to live in your precepts your plans your design help us god to lay down the ability to be fickle with our faith. Help us to lay down the ability to waver in who we are in you so that we can feel good in the world. God, help us to stand with our shoulders squared and our heads lifted with confidence knowing that behind us stands a host of angels and before us stands the King of glory. The one we choose to follow. The one we choose to not imitate, but to be like. Father, we don't want to be imitations. We want to be just like you. We don't want to walk in limitations. We want to live boundless. And that freedom comes in you. Father, help us today. If you stand in this place this morning, if you're watching online and you're lost, getting found is very easy. So can you in this room today and you online, can we all just say this prayer together? Because I believe that sometimes we need to say this prayer not because we're sinners, but to remind ourselves that we once were lost, but now we're found. Say this with me. Say, God, today, I know that I have lost tendencies. But today, I'm asking that you cover up and redeem me. Find me today. I want to be found. God, I know that you sent Jesus to die on an old rugged cross, to raise three days later and ascend to the right hand. Today, I acknowledge I am a child of God. I repent of my sins. I lay down my old life. And today, I choose to become a new creation in you. I give you my life. Today, I am found in Jesus' name. As simple as that, heaven now rejoices. The earth continues to move. Hell is panicking. And God still sits on the throne and reigns for eternity. It is time for us to leave the house of God, not needing a pick-me-up, but becoming the pick me up, to pick up that which is lost and bring them home. Father, take us from this place today. Give us traveling mercies as we go home. Give us rest in our hearts and our minds. For those that are watching that are sick at home, Father, I declare healing in their homes. For those of us in this room that have sick ones, sick loved ones, or sick friends, family members, Father, touch them. Father, I need to pray this in this moment. We pray for Joyce Bayham and Glenn Bayham this morning. Joyce lost her grandson the other night to a gunshot. He was shot in the head. And Father, we declare peace over that family, joy over that family, rest over that family. We declare the pain to subside and the Savior to become stronger in this moment than it ever has been. Let them grab a hold of the hem of your garment, God, and let them hold on and receive that healing in this moment. Bring joy, bring love, bring peace back to that family. Father, for every need, for every situation, God, we know that you are more than enough. For every mentioned and unmentioned God, your promises are more than sufficient. Help us to walk out declaring those things. Not what we once were, but who we now are in you. Go from lost to found.